0: personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ.
1: Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister and I'm the host of the Living Better Story podcast. I've got a really cool person with me today. Sarah Sullivan is from the Bay Area in San Francisco area. She is the founder of Sugo Capital. Uh, She's been doing that. She's been in the space for eight years and decided that, you know what, I can help other people make money on investing in real estate too. And share some of the lessons that I've learned over the years. So Sugo has been around for a few years, but there's about an eight to ten year background of, uh, of building that company. So anyway, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Chad. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. And what a great introduction. I appreciate that.
1: Well, it's exciting. Real estate, yeah. you know, with these Bitcoin fluctuations going on, it's kind of important to invest in something that uh, that you know has has you know physical value behind it. So I think there's something to uh, what you're doing as a business.
2: Yeah, we were just talking about that before recording, how it it, it fluctuates in real estate. Like I'm a tortoise investor, like we'll get there. It inches its way up. It's steady. <laughs> we know what's going on.
1: Right. So. There's, there's some pops, but the drops are much smaller uh, mm-hmm. over time and, and you get there. So I like to connect you to our audience to start out with by asking kind of What was exciting to you when you were a kid, right? You're five, six, seven, your first memories that you may have. What kind of got you up in the morning where you were like, you know what? I need to go and do blank. What was that?
2: Mm, I loved gymnastics and the circus.
1: Excellent. So the circus, were you in a circus or you like to go to the circus?
2: Well, I dreamed of being in the circus, but um, I was not in the circus as a kid. I did gymnastics as an adult. I did carry out that dream, but but not as a kid. And actually something I loved doing as a kid, which is kind of bizarre, and the opposite of the circus is I loved playing secretary.
1: (laughs) Interesting. I'm just, you've got me on the circus because yeah. I think about Cirque des Soleil and some of those yeah. cool things that he do. Um, the show, what, what was the movie uh, about the circus, right? And the, the song was This Is Me.
2: Oh um, yeah, the um, the Barnum, the P.T. Barnum, um, The Greatest Hugh, Showman. Hugh
1: Jackman, The Greatest Showman. Yeah, yes. Did you watch that movie I assume?
2: Yes. So the aerial arts that they do in there. um, So I went to circus school for aerial arts and partner acrobatics. This was on my 30th birthday. I lived out that dream. And I I went three months full-time to circus school. Um, So I learned all that, all that aerial stuff. And I actually ended up opening a circus school here in the Bay Area. When I came back from that, I, I did the training in Europe and I came back and opened a circus school for children in the peninsula in Silicon Valley and taught trapeze and the aerial rope which was in that movie um and partner acrobatics
1: wow i don't think i've met anybody who's gone that far i I remember as a kid i did one of those you know islands where they happen to have circus nets and Mm. you could do the trapeze and all that and and that was fun um they tried to get me to wear the tights and i was like no no teenage boy i'm not doing that (laughs) <laughs> so, but what a fun experience. I mean, trust and, you know, all of uh, everything that's involved in that physical, mental, I mean, there's so much to it.
2: Yeah. So. It's amazing. The community that is built around it because you, you trust the people who put up the equipment. Do you trust the people who are catching you, who are holding you, who are spotting you and it is your life in their hands. So it like, it definitely builds a super, super tight community.
1: Wow. So what do you think kind of tied the line between when you're a kid to you becoming 30 and going to Europe to learn how to do this and then bringing it to the Bay Area and actually opening it? What do you think that, where did that come from? And you know, why why that out, out, out vehicle for you?
2: Um, I just, it was like physically, that was a natural uh, talent of mine growing up. However, in my head, you don't make money in circus, so I never pursued it. You know, I went to school, got A's, went to college, got a degree and MBA, you know, followed that path of making money. And so it was discarded as like, this is not a path to take because it doesn't make money, even though it made me so happy. And um, I graduated from my uh, MBA program, in 2009, when everything was crashing and it was only like 30% of people got jobs who are graduating with graduate degrees. And um, so I I took a job I didn't like just to have a job. And I was like, this is really lame. (laughs) 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 This is totally not what I expected for me at 30. And uh, so luckily I have an extremely supportive husband. So when I said, I want to move to Um, Bristol, England, and do this three month full time program and and live apart and just train all day every day. He's like, go for it. That sounds fun.
1: (laughs) That is so nice. You know, my wife, when I was in Arizona, and we were moving to San Francisco, we did the same thing where it was, hey, this job opportunity is amazing. You know, I'm going to go get this apartment for three months, and then and then we'll buy a house and move. And so we, I didn't know we had that similar connection because it, it, most people don't split apart for three months at a time in their marriage, but it was neat. I mean, you know, it was, it really was an eye opening experience.
2: Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Most people don't split apart for three months of their marriage, but if it's for a vision, you know, if it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to go do something random. If it's, to achieve a, a vision or, or something that's a goal in your life and it'll get you both to closer to one of your vision, then what's three months in the span of, yes. you know, we live a long time.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's so, exactly right. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, that's really fun. I, I love this conversation. So as you look back on everybody in their life has ups and downs on the roller coaster called life. Um, are there any times where you're like, ah, and, you know, share what you're comfortable sharing, but, you know, times where you just felt like, ah, oh, this, this is terrible. Why do I have to go through this? But then you get out on the other side and you look back and you say, wow, that was a real gift. You know, is there any of those experiences that you've had?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, God. <laughs> which ones to start with?
1: Right. Which one? Right? <laughs> I mean, think about the people who are listening. You're every yeah. day you run into some kind of new buzzsaw, right? And there's certain things in life that are like, yeah. whoa, that that's a mountain that I have to go around or under or something.
2: Yeah. I would say I didn't have anything that was like a, you know, one of those big it happened to me kind of things. Um I would say that. Growing up, um, we lived, when I was in middle school and high school, we lived next to a church, and um, we didn't have, we were very modest in our living, so, you know, people would bring to the church clothes for um, homeless people and the donations, and I used to um, work in the nursery, so I had a key, so I would go in, and I would take clothes to wear, and um, because I I needed clothes to wear, and, and so... I, that, that was part of my middle school and high school experience was wearing clothes that were meant for being donated to homeless people. And, um, I really embodied at the time, like, yeah, I just want to be grungy, you know? Um, but inside I was like, I really want to be really rich when I'm older. (laughs) And so I think that, that gave me a lot of drive for later. And I mean, there's pros and cons to that, you know, like you don't want to be driven totally by money, but it gave me a drive to excel and exceed. And at that time, I thought the best way to that is to, you know, do great in school. So I, you know, did all the AP stuff and the great grades and great college and graduate school. And so it did give me a drive to To pay attention to educating myself, investing in my brain, investing in myself because I wanted a different reality for myself financially and for my family.
1: Mm, I love that. I mean, I think of stories of, you know, people who came from Europe and other places, Asia, Europe, and they came to our country and you know, in the stories when it's one step removed, like what you yours is not what, yours is actual living that, right? So for you, it's like, you've actually seen and lived it. I think of my dad who grew up in Wisconsin and his dad, they didn't have a lot of money when he was a kid. So I'm one step removed, I've heard the stories of that. And so actually being able to live through that, actually it, it has to have a positive impact on you long-term. So
2: that's, or it can,
1: not not Yeah, yeah.
2: and it can, and it can, um, yeah, so definitely. And then also, um, you know, for any entrepreneurs listening, um, so I was working, I was investing in real estate, but while I was working um, in tech companies in Silicon Valley and leadership positions, so I had a lot on my plate at once and I had my two young kids and I was teaching circus in the evenings. And there was one night where it hit me like, this is way too much. And I was not a person I was proud of. I was like the person with the permanent frown line and like stress marks and everything. And so I took stuff off my plate, but what I kept was my own business and I grew it. And it's so fulfilling. So your question around like what, what, it wasn't like a mountain to get around or an adversary situation, but it was a lot of work to get it going, but I kept it so strong, my vision and and with my husband, you know, I kept saying like, "This is my vision. This is going to be our reality. Once my business reaches this, you know, kind of revenue, then we can leave these things behind. Our lifestyle is going to be flexible. We can live where we want. We can do what we want." So it's like, a lot of times people don't um, like they focus on the short-term pleasure, and they don't reach their vision because they're in the moment. Um, but if you can, if you have a good idea and something you're passionate about and you can hunker down and get through like the first year, you know, of getting it going and just commit to that vision. And then once you get there, it's like, wow, wasn't it worth it? Like a year or two of, of yeah, not...
1: ramen noodles, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, and I remember y'all. my, my wife's pastor, we did premarital counseling 21 mm-hmm. years ago. and We mm-hmm. we just hit 20, I think this last year,
2: Congrats! And, uh,
1: well, this year in February. And he said, you can do anything for any amount of time, as long as you know why. Yes. And that always stuck with me because that, you know, as Gerhard from Selling Power always says, the bigger, the why, the bigger, the try. Yeah. So figuring out what your why is mm-hmm. and then you know writing it down and just knowing what it is yep. gets get get you through whatever problems or challenges you face
2: yes 100% and also that why needs to be outside of you like outside of money and you and even if it can be outside of your family so my my why to get everything going in my business was i wanted my i wanted more time with my girls and um, and i wanted our family to have freedom And then, you know, we got to a certain level and I was like, okay, like reach the goal, I can relax. And then on my 40th birthday, I sent an email out to all of my investors. And I said, the thing I'm proudest, you know, 40 is a big year to reflect. What I'm most proud of is creating this company, Suco Capital, thank you for growing with me. And I got so much love back from everyone about how I changed their life with my investments. And so I said, okay. Now my why is different. Now, like I'm really serving people. They are so thankful. So now my why is like people who need me to help them invest. And it's like a whole new why and a whole new level of thinking. Instead of my goal being replace income, now my goal is like, you know, yeah. how do I get it huge and help a huge number of people?
1: Well, and what's crazy, I did a, I did a meeting like this with my business coach two, three years ago. And he mm-hmm. just kept asking the same question. Like, Chad, yeah. what about after? Let's say you sell your company. What are you going to do? Yeah. I'm like, Well, I want to go on a cruise ship with my wife for a year. Okay. Oh, yeah. After that. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's like it. That's awesome. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, no. That's still about you. What else? And I was like, wait a second. I had this shirt on from Elevation Church under my other shirt. And I'm like, I haven't worn this in two years. And when I moved from Charlotte, North Carolina, I wanted to open a, a church. And I'm not a pastor. I'm not ultra-uber-religious guy. I just said, you know what? I just feel like that's the next big thing. And it's mm-hmm. really my grandfather kind of instilled in my mother and then in us belief. And so, right? So, so then once I connected to that and said, wait, there's a way bigger why for me than all of the other hard stuff of doing the business becomes super easy because it's just, oh, well, I naturally need to do that. It does, you know, it becomes just frictionless Mm and stuff you have to do to get to the bigger thing. Have you found that a little bit as well?
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also I always ask uh, my investors that as well, like, if they're they're not able to cross the line, so it's the same in business, same in money, like same for everyone, right? If you're not able to learn enough to cross into a vision in your personal life, then think about your why and think about how important is that, and like, isn't it worth the short term pain?
1: Yeah. <laughs> if the pain
2: is like learning something that's not that painful, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just just step up and do it. Yeah. Um, this one's the hardest question that most Ooh. people have.
2: Okay. Hit me. So
1: this is, what would you like to accomplish in life that would change everything for you? And I might need to rewrite the question someday, but for now, that's the stumper.
2: (laughs) Hmm. You know, if there's a lot of, um, a lot of women who, are not thinking about money they're thinking about maybe what is my paycheck but they're not thinking about what to do after that and um i have tried and and had it have had it be part of my mission that i have not accomplished at all of, of trying to create a shift in the excitement in the, females around my age around how their money can work for them. It just seems to be not something that a lot of women are interested in. But talking to men, they're like, it's really exciting. Ooh, my money can grow. Yes, this is exciting. Let's jump into it. So that's been a mission that I have not been able to accomplish. And I would be over the moon if that's something that I end up being able to create a movement or a shift to make investing like a fun thing for women that they get excited about and sit around and talk about other <laughs> shopping I or love, something. I mean, <laughs> you
1: know what the vision that came to my mind when you said that it, it is a money tree, like a, a visual of money really can grow on trees.
2: Mm-hmm. And let
1: me show you how, right? Like I could mm-hmm. picture the logo around that even. That'd be really cool.
2: Ooh, maybe I'll have a show called that.
1: The money tree. I mean, <laughs> tree. I think so. It, it can, because yeah. it can. Even my son, and see, it's funny, son and daughter, I have a daughter too. And my son is like, yeah, dad, let me do this. So he made $4,000 or five maybe for his summer job last summer. Mm-hmm. He put um, $3,000 into one silver 100 ounce bar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He put $1,000 into View stub which came out of the conversation with board of advisors. Mm Because I put in 10 and he put in one of the 10. So he's got one risky investment. He's got 3,000 that's very safe. And with all the inflation going on could double. And then he's got $6,000 in other stocks and investments. And it's up to 10 or $12,000 from last summer that was 4,000.
2: Nice. And that's it's awesome. Yeah. And then he
1: can pull out, you know, he, we pay him an allowance at college and things of $500 a month, but yeah, he now he's got, he's sitting on real cash Yes, that will go from 12 to 20 to 50 to whatever he wants it to grow to.
2: And to get there and do that, he had to learn some things, but he didn't have to trade hours for those dollars. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's important. money tree. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so now think three years, we're sitting at the Board of Advisor meeting in Sarasota, Florida, and we're at lunch, and you look back and you go, you won't believe this, Chad. This happened. What? What is this?
2: Mm. Like, about all the apartments in this certain city, and investors made like billions of dollars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's a it's a unique time in the history of the world. But real estate's always been a unique time, right? It's just a good. Yeah. Investment and partnering with someone who knows what they're doing, so helping a lot of people make a lot of money would be a fulfilling thing.
2: Yeah, that I mean that's super fun. So, you know, when my partners and I get on the phone and we hear a selling price of a property we're selling and we calculate investors are going to make X amount of returns on the sale, like whoa, it's like we're, we're celebrating, we're excited. Like how much money investors make is so exciting.
1: That's outstanding. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um Okay. What about in your business? There's always things that we face that are like, you know, I wish I could change that, um, without exposing personnel troubles or anything like that. But is there something that you're tolerating where you're like, you know, I probably need to just snip that or figure out what to do in that area.
2: Hmm. Um, I don't have something specific at the moment. Um, I did have a, a a bunch of investors who wanted something that I didn't have. And so now I'm creating it for them. Um, so it wasn't like a big issue. It was more like my inability to serve a certain segment of, of my clients in a very effective way. And so I had to learn a whole bunch of new things and create something new for them, a new investment vehicle, but that's what they wanted. So I I'm love that. It. I mean,
1: cause there's, there's yeah. gotta be a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs who are listening that, you know, I remember the first two years of our three and a half year run, people could say, Oh, you guys are like eight to $10,000 a month. Yeah. We, we just can't do that. If you had a 500 or even a $3,000 a month product, we'd be mm-hmm. open to talk. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, you you'd hear that time and time again, it was like, they need, they have a, they have a need.
2: Yeah.
1: It's my role to figure out what that need is and then solve it. So yeah,
2: that's pretty exactly. Neat. Same thing.
1: What, um, what, what do you, what do you find works really well in in this market? Because you've been in real estate for eight years, you've been running Suwo Capital for two. What, what are some of the the tricks of the trade that you've figured out?
2: Yeah. Mm. Really, really, really vet the people you're going to work with. That is the biggest thing. So you can have the most amazing property and the worst people, and everything goes down the tube. You can have a kind of crappy situation with your property and amazing people, and you figure it out, and you can still make a successful situation around it. And I underestimated the importance of people in the beginning, like who you partner with. So anyone out there in real estate and in business, right? Like who you partner with is super, super important. Your, um, in in real estate, your property management company is insanely important. The culture that they have internally, that's gonna be portrayed externally and that's gonna become the culture of your property. So it's very important that whatever their culture is, you realize that's going to be the culture of your property and make sure it matches your values and how you want things run. Um, Yeah. So I would say people just be really okay saying no when it's not the right person to work with.
1: That's great. Uh, FedEx, I worked for right out of college and Fred Mm -hmm. Smith talked to our class, right? And, He's the guy who the business almost went under one time. And so the the story has it that he went to Vegas and gambled and made the money to pay payroll. Um, Now, I think that has been demystified over the years, Mm -hmm. but it's something close to that. And I remember meeting one of the people who actually uh, have an uncashed check. Because when I worked there, she was one of the operations managers and she's like framed it. And it was like, yeah. I never took that money because I believed in the vision of the company. Mm-hmm. And so the book that he wrote uh, was called People, or the Methodology and the Book, I believe, People, Service, Profit. And it was like, yeah. people first, service yes. second, profit third. Um, yes. And I think a lot of people put the other P first, which is profit. <laughs> that's not the right P in the in the beginning of that line. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that.
1: So you, you, yeah, you've been to the circus, you opened the circus, you've been all over the world, you've had success. Um, now you're focused on helping other people have success. Um, what role does faith, right? Belief have in your, uh, in your life and ability to execute?
2: Yeah, it's, um, it's a very important role as of late as I try new things. And have new ventures, having faith in my intelligence and my commitment to myself, to my investors, and um, so not necessarily faith in um, in a religious way, but more faith in in knowing that what your intention is and where you put your energy, that is what will materialize for you. And knowing that so wholeheartedly has brought me a lot of peace. So, you know, previously being in anxiety around like, oh, I'm gonna try this new thing. Is it gonna work? Is it gonna fail? Is it gonna work? And, and being very an anxious energy around it. And know, now just knowing that if you commit to it and you have the right intention, things will happen the way they're supposed to happen. And creating that calm, intentional energy around it is extremely powerful.
1: Yeah, got it. I mean, and that's really the living a better story concept is, you know, we all tell ourselves stories when we're a kid. And then we go through life and we do certain things. And then once we realize that, hey, we we have a unique fingerprint, right? There's only one fingerprint of Sarah Sullivan in the world. Right. And there's only one Chad Vermeister in the world. And once you can come to grips with you're, you have that superpower and getting in that lane and just pointing it down the freeway and clicking on the gas, it's going to work, right? You just have to have the faith, trust, and confidence in that. And and Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's the message, even creating a business, right? When you leap, when you made that leap of faith, when, you know, and you said, uh, I'm sure there was a few times where you, you were wondering, is this really going to work? Can I put <laughs> the lights on for my own company?
2: Yeah, we, we put a lot of money into it to get it started. And definitely, I mean, faith as well. My husband having faith in me and me wondering, are you saying this is okay? Because you're trying to be a supportive husband or do you really think this is going to work <laughs> out? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um. And yeah, and he had faith, and it did all work out.
1: But. That's outstanding. Well, this has been a fun conversation. Um, I definitely, I I think I need to go to a circus again. O was my favorite show in Vegas, and I think they're probably reopening again soon. I've probably seen it twelve times, and it, I love it because. Have you seen O in Vegas? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you know how the how he just goes through life and meets people of all different shapes and sizes. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's how life should be. You know, you travel Mm -hmm. and you meet people who have all different perspectives. And that's what I love about this show because I get to talk to people every day from my home office and have these kinds of conversations. So thanks for sharing your story so much today, Sarah. appreciate
2: it. Oh, thanks for giving me a platform to share my story. It was really fun. And even like pulled up some things I hadn't really thought about in a while.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had a friend come in recently from, um, he lives in Kansas City now. He introduced me to my wife in Southern California and I hadn't seen him in probably seven, eight years. And Mm -hmm. then my wife hadn't seen him in 15 and so to see him again and go back to that com- initial meeting was like wait a minute man and i you just realize how lucky i am to have met her you know and 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 when life happens and you run you know you have an argument from time to time and you're like well you know we're not i mean it's kind of like a b plus right now and it's like no 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 it's an a plus so stop <laughs> Those are fun conversations. Well, outstanding. Having a great conversation with Sarah. Thanks for joining the Living Better Story podcast. And we'll catch everyone on the next one. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.